Real Presence Radio is now on Amazon devices. To listen to your station, just ask Alexa to enable the Real Presence Radio skill and let her know which station you'd like to listen to, by major city, like Sioux Falls, Fargo, or Rochester, or by signal, like FM 104.1 or FM 89.9. You can also visit the Alexa Skills Marketplace and search for Real Presence Radio. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, now on your Amazon devices. Feel like your homeschool needs a change of pace? Would you like the comfort of knowing that your teen is learning from faithful, expert instructors? For learning with a faith-based focus, HomeschoolConnections.com's online courses just might be the solution you've been looking for. HomeschoolConnections.com offers live, interactive, real-time online courses where you get unlimited access to over 400 recorded courses in math, writing, science, literature, and more. For more information, you can go online to HomeschoolConnections.com and your teen can receive instruction taught in the Catholic tradition. Choose the number one nursing program in the nation at the University of Mary. The University of Mary is ranked number one out of more than 2,000 nursing programs nationwide. 100% of our graduates pass their certification on the first try. And University of Mary scholarships give you your senior year free. Choose the best nursing program in the nation, University of Mary. Check us out at umary.edu slash nurses. If you have pastures, you probably have the rodents to go along with them. But before you stress over this nuisance, there's help. Western Applicating Services is a licensed and insured family-owned company specializing in prairie dog bait application and sales. They sell Verminator gopher machines and can put products for prairie dog and gopher control and will deliver right to your door. For more information, you can call 605-390-3200 or visit westernapplicating.com. Western Applicating Services, improving pastures through efficient rodent control. We're live from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference and Curriculum Fair at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. We now bring you back to our hosts. Hello, hello, hello. We're coming to you live from the conference here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference. Steve Splonskowski here again with Karen Gibis. Hi, Karen. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing well. This uh, is our last hour, folks, of our live broadcast here, so you want to stay tuned and catch what we've got to come here this hour. We're going to visit in a few minutes with Megan Fisero. We're also going to speak with Sherry Frame and Anne Belajewski. Um, so we're talking about all things homeschooling, all things Catholic homeschooling. And uh, so stick with us. Uh, this broadcast today is brought to you in part um, by Jacinta Splonskowski of Town and Country Realty, serving the Fargo-Moorhead and surrounding area, 701-388-3948. And if you are in the area, the Pine Island area, tomorrow there is a homeschooling family picnic at 4 p.m. Um, at Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. A potluck for all families. You are all welcome. Father Kazel, who was our host earlier this morning, wanted me to uh, mention that. So stop in, say hi, um, and people are very excited about that. So we're going to turn next here. I got uh, sitting right next to Megan Facero. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And Thanks for having me. Yeah, barely just afternoon here in Minnesota. Yes, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit here about helping homeschool students apply for college. So, Megan, um, what do people need to know about that? 
Okay, well, first of all, just by way of introduction, I'm at Benedictine College, which is a Newman Guide recommended college in Northeast Kansas. Mm -hmm. And as part of our Office of Admission, I am the homeschool outreach coordinator. So I homeschooled my daughter from kindergarten through high school. And I'm also a Benedictine grad. So I have a, the, a love for Benedictine and a love for homeschoolers. So I love my role, which is connecting homeschoolers to Benedictine College. Excellent, excellent. And so when it, when it comes to, the, so Benedictine College, tell us a little bit more about that. Okay. So where are you out of? What's so yeah, so we're in Northeast Kansas. We're a Newman Guide recommended college, yep. so which a lot of homeschool families are probably familiar with the Newman Guide yep. because it's a great way to help evaluate your Catholic colleges and make sure that they're faithful to the magisterium because, right. you know, you've been teaching your students at home, trying to keep everything close to the faith, and you want that to continue for them when they're at college as well. Right. So we're Newman Guide recommended. We're also recommended by U.S. News and World Report as well. So um, we have 49 different majors. So students study the liberal arts, but they also choose a major. So those range from everything from architecture to nursing, engineering, math, the classics, Latin, dance, music. So they can do a lot of different things while they're at Benedictine. And so give us some of the names. I mean, there, there are some uh, pretty uh, popular names associated uh, as professors at Benedictine College. Give us some of those. Uh, sure, yeah. Well, some drop of the some names. Yeah, I'll drop some <laughs> names here. So, um, well, Focus was founded at Benedictine College about 20 years ago. So Ted Sree was the professor at the time who brought Focus to our campus. Okay. Um, we also have a, a lot of... Uh, homeschooling families that you might know of just from you know the founders of Little Flowers their students attend Benedictine College as well um, the owners of Sacred Heart Books and Gifts which is a big um, Catholic homeschooling resource for homeschoolers their students attend Benedictine too so we've just got a lot of names from the homeschooling community who trust Benedictine as the place to send their students right. excellent excellent so uh, let's talk a little bit more about this applying for college now obviously there's a lot of um, it's kind of scary applying for college. And it's got to be. As a homeschooling mom with my oldest yeah. just graduating from high school, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, it's true. How because to work it. Right. And most of us, it's been about 20 years since we've been around a college, you know. So, yep. you know, it's been by the time our first one is ready to go to college, it's been a while since we've been in that, in that atmosphere. And things change. Things have changed. And also, since you've been doing so much work at home forming your students, you kind of want to send them somewhere where you feel like that work that you've done is not going to be undone or undermined in any way. And so that's another anxiety that homeschooling parents have. You know, they're worried about just the technical aspects of applying, but also, is my student going to go somewhere where they're going to feel really supported in their faith life and actually be formed positively in that direction? Right. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of anxieties that go along with it. Um, but what I always tell parents is, first of all, think about the admission counselors as your friends. You know, they are there to help your student and you. And a lot, a lot of the Newman Guide schools have a lot of experience working with homeschoolers applying. So they. They can answer all of your questions on what does my transcript need to look like? Um, what kind of resume does my student need to have? What kind of test scores are you looking for? Um, so those technical aspects, they're there to help you um, figure that out. So you've got resources there who can stand by ready to help you. Mm -hmm. so, so we're talking about here the, the counselors and the, and the admissions, they're your friends. They're really trying to help you get into college. Mm -hmm. um, you know, prior to college, 
obviously I know there's like the the uh, SAT and the what's the other one? Yeah. ACT. Yeah, and then also the CLT, which is a new one, is the classic learning test, and we accept that as well. Okay. And a lot of homeschoolers choose that because it's a good evaluation of like classical learning. Mm -hmm. um, but what we've done is we've developed a homeschool. We call it the Catholic Homeschool Student and Parent Guide to Preparing for College Admission. Okay. So it's basically um, based on uh, interviews with our admissions department. What are you looking for homeschools to provide when they're applying to college? But it also includes a four-year timeline. So it starts freshman year of high school, helping your student get used to taking standardized tests mm. in a classroom environment because our homeschoolers are in our living room or kitchen taking a standardized right. test. They're not used to having they're someone not, yeah, you know, blowing different. their nose next to them <laughs> or getting up and walking out of the classroom or something. So it's a good idea to have your student um, you know, take a test in a classroom setting freshman year. So our guide that you can request online, you can just go to benedictin.edu backslash homeschool guide, all one word, and you can request it free. It comes electronically to you, and then in a couple days later, we send you a hard copy in the mail, too. That's beautiful. Yeah, super helpful. So it also has tips on how to create a resume, and there's a sample resume in there, and then how to create a transcript, too, for your student. Um, so yeah, there's some helpful hints in there that are geared specifically towards homeschoolers. That's great. That definitely helps a mom like like myself. I mean, I got a lot of little ones still, and it, it is overwhelming. Yeah, trying to do one. Okay, I've got this one child. I'm finally done. He's done schooling. Oh my goodness! Yay! Oh wait, we're not done yet. <laughs> now right. what do I do? Yeah, and then there's all these like deadlines, you know, for yes. registering for tests, and you don't want your student to miss out on scholarship opportunities and things like that. So it does require a level of organization that you don't really need to have up through that eighth grade year. So if you have this four-year timeline in front of you, you can just check things off as you go through freshman year, then sophomore year, and continue on. All right, so that's called the Preparing for College Admissions. Yeah. Um, and that's the guide, folks. If you're looking for that, it's at benedictin.edu, um, and you can request that. Um, and thank you for providing that for those of us who just don't want to think about it. <laughs> they don't want to do that work ourselves. <laughs> That's research. right. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're happy to do that. So, yeah, we also do a homeschool visit day for families, too, so they can come on a day with other homeschool families nice. um, and visit. So we do one a semester. Um, and we think that's just a super opportunity for homeschoolers to meet other families, find out what kind of questions they're asking when they come on a college visit. Um, and then we give the homeschoolers a little bit of time to pray during their day of visiting the college, which is a unique that aspect is, of our visit yeah. because we want them to be considering, like, is this the spot where I feel called to? Is this, does this feel like home to me? Do I feel like I would be supported here? And so those are the things we want them to be asking during their college visit at Benedictine. Great. So if you're uh, just joining us, folks, we're coming to you live from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. And we're visiting with Megan Facero, talking a little, about, a little bit about college preparedness for homeschool families. And you know, um, and maybe you can answer this, maybe you can't, so I might throw you a, okay. might be a, d a tough one, but <laughs> what are the challenges that, uh, you know, homeschooling families can face? I was homeschooled myself okay. um, and then went to college and I kind of found that there was a bit of a shift yeah. from the homeschooling mentality um, and, and approach to getting into a structured school uh, college setting and yeah. I thought oh I have to adjust here I think uh, one of the things too that I, I found for myself personally was studying became something different whereas you not you know in a homeschooling setting you don't really do a lot of lectures right. and taking notes and stuff and in college it's all about lectures and taking notes that's right um, you know what 
what are some tools or some helps for homeschooling families in transitioning their families to college? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So what we, what I encourage parents to do is like junior and senior year of high school, start encouraging some of these things that you haven't really done maybe up through a sophomore year of high school. So you might have to implement some deadlines. Even if you are just making up the deadlines yourself, just make up a deadline and make your students stick to it because that's what's going to happen when they get to college. And, and so that's one thing you can do is just start um, also putting time limits on their test taking. Sometimes that's not something that you feel the need to do as a homeschool parent. And I totally understand. Like I, I homeschooled my daughter from kindergarten through high school. And so there were some times when I didn't even require a deadline or a, a time limit on a test. But those are things that you can do as a parent. You just give them a 50 minute time limit. And it's a, it, it just helps to get them ready for that college setting where they will be taking um, taking a test in a certain amount of time with their classmates. So there are definitely some practical tips and things that you can do while your student is in high school to help them get ready for that adjustment. Absolutely, and I think one of the great things about homeschooling is the ability to be really adjust um, and, ma and make that structure kind of fit the family life. But then there's also the other side where sometimes you have to have a structure in place that that's uh, right. You know, that now this is, when you get to college, that is going to be your structure. Yeah. Um, and so that those are great um, experiences. I know, like, test-taking, some students have, you know, test anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so, right. you know, how do you deal with that? And you have to right. help them kind of work through that. Or when the person taking the test next to you gets up and leaves and you're halfway through, you're like... Right. How are they done so How, how are they done so here's <laughs> What am I doing wrong yeah, over right. here? Yeah, here's right. the fact. They just didn't take the test, folks. So just that, that's just <laughs> I tell myself. They, they, they just walked they, out halfway through. Right. Intimidated. They yeah. got intimidated. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, that's the challenges of, uh, like you said, at a homeschooling, you don't have a classroom full of people, you know, sneezing or whatnot. Yeah. And so you got to adjust to that. Exactly. And so... Um, but you don't want that to be, and actually let's talk a little bit about that. I've heard a lot of great stories from colleges, um, people connected in college, where really homeschoolers really thrive and do well right. at, oh, the, at the college setting. Sure. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, when I started, you know, this role after my daughter graduated from high my homeschool high school in 2017, I was looking for what am I going to do next as a homeschooling mom. And so I was so thankful that Benedictin hired me to be this homeschool outreach coordinator. But when I got that job, professors were coming up to me and saying, Wow, you're working with homeschoolers. Let's see how let's get some more of those homeschoolers attracted to Benedictine because they love having them in the classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, they they say that homeschoolers actually drive class discussion, mm -hmm. which professors love. Yeah, and and that's something that a professor really wants to have mm -hmm. someone in that class who's going to communicate with them and ha keep that discussion going. So they say, say they they say they are their best read students, homeschool students are. And I think that's really impressive. And we know that as homeschool parents that our, our students are reading from some of the best curriculums out there. And so we're not surprised, but professors are pleasantly surprised when a homeschooler walks in the classroom. They find that they're very well read. Um, they can handle college level reading loads. Um, so there's a lot of positives in the classroom for homeschoolers. And, and uh, you know, the key which strikes me as, as kind of funny, my funny bone, I guess, is that you say that they're good at discussion in class. And one of the things that, as, as homeschooling families, where, you know, people ask questions, well, well, how do you socialize your families? <laughs> I mean, aren't your children right. under-socialized? Yeah. Well, the very fact that they have the ability to get into the community and have conversations, um, they actually, within a family, are learning to interact with other ages. Yeah, and so it's exactly a great right. opportunity. Yeah, and professors say that homeschoolers are not shy about reaching out for that one-on-one -on -one attention. You know, that's what they're getting almost in our homeschools right. are this one-on-one -on -one attention. And so when professors have office hours, they find so many students don't 
utilize those office hours, but homeschoolers do because they're out looking for that one-on-one. Hey, I've got a couple more questions about what we talked about in class and they, they're driven, they're driven to find those answers. And so professors say homeschoolers are not shy about using our office hours, which is a great quality for, uh, for a student. Excellent. Well, we're visiting with Megan Facero from Benedictine College here. And uh, if you want more information, benedictine.edu. Megan, any further uh, in our last minute here, uh, any last thoughts you'd like to share with folks about applying for college and not being afraid? Yeah, I think there, there's, you know, just entrust your um, college, your college search to your student's guardian angel. That's one of our mm-hmm. tips in our homeschool guide. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's just to say, you know, we we know that this that there's a direction for my student, and we may not even know what that direction is, um, and so we just want to entrust their college search. So pick a patron saint of, for your student, and let the you know entrust their college search to that patron saint and let them um, intercede for your student during those four years of high school. Absolutely. Great, great advice, Megan. So thank you, Megan, for being with us this afternoon. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to great Catholic families out there who are forming their students, you know, whether they're homeschoolers, Catholic school students, or public school students. But I know Catholic radio listeners are devoted Catholics. So great to talk to all of you, and we'd love to have your students at Benedictine. So There you go. Benedictine.edu, folks. Uh, Karen, you know, we're, we're talking about college here. How old is your oldest? 17. 17. So almost 18. Almost 18. So you guys are starting to have that conversation about college. I know my children, my two oldest, my twins just turned 18 last week. And so this, so they have one more year to kind of decide what they want to do. Um, what, what is your family? What do you guys talk about in kind of the college uh, approach for your family? You know, I'm, I don't push. I don't push things like that on my kids. Mm-hmm. I push. Let's pray. Let's pray about this. Let's. Let's do some type of discernment. And I, it's been an interesting experience where my children, are they're very, um, they're, they could go to college. They could. And they would be just fine socially, academically. It's all right there for them at their fingertips. But I have yet to have a kid tell me, I can't wait to get to college. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, what are you doing? Well, I have a few, a couple of the older ones are discerning religious life. Mm-hmm. And so in the process of discerning religious life, they've decided not to go to college right off the bat. They've sure. decided to take a year and just see where the Lord leads them. Mm-hmm. And maybe go into some type of, I know my oldest is considering becoming an apprentice with a plumber. Mm-hmm. Something practical that will keep him busy and, and mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily hyper-focused on where's my going next, where am I going next. Yeah. It's a gentle process. I'm hoping my kids will not rush into what God wants them to do, but listen quietly and yeah. go to daily mass and just be with the Lord and see where it goes. But if I have a kid that's talking college, this admissions guide is phenomenal information that I think any overwhelmed parent should should contact and get help them walk through this process. Yeah, and I think, you know, we have we have great resources and he even here if you stop by the the booths in the uh, at the uh, St. Thomas Fieldhouse, there are a lot of uh, groups represented here, great Catholic colleges, um, and even where there are public colleges, there are great Newman centers exactly. that can really help your children continue to grow in their faith. Um, and I know my college years were great years of formation. I also had some seminary years. Um, and, you know, it, there's the conversation out there, well, don't waste your time going to college because, you know, it's a, well, here's the, the rule. 
no education is no, a waste of exactly. time. Exactly. Education. I mean, I have a degree in classical languages. What do I do with that? Well, I tell you what, I use it every day for yeah. understanding language, for communicating with people, um, and even teaching my children now. So education has a value, um, and you just have to kind of decide and help your children decide what is the direction for that education. And the goal, the struggle, is don't go into so much debt that you can never crawl out of it. Right. Um, up next it is the dreaded thing you want to sure be sure to avoid. It's college debt. Now, conference speaker Sherry Frame is here at the conference here at the... Minnesota Catholic Education Conference, and she's going to talk about avoiding college debt. But guess what, folks? If you can't make it, we're going to talk to her next. We're going to sit down with her and have her provide some practical tips for how we can make sure your children are on the right path to stay away from the slavery of massive debt. So you don't want to go anywhere. So on the other side of the break, we're going to talk with Sherry Frame, uh, talking about how can you avoid college debt. We're coming to you live from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota, coming to you live on Real Presence Live. Thank you for all listening. We've got another couple of great interviews, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on the other side of this break. We're live from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference and Curriculum Fair in St. Paul, Minnesota, only on the Real Presence Radio Network. We'll be back after this short break. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. Do you feel like your homeschool needs a change of pace? Would you like the comfort of knowing that your teen is learning from faithful, expert instructors? For learning with a faith-based focus, HomeschoolConnections.com's online courses just might be the solution you've been looking for. HomeschoolConnections.com offers live, interactive, real-time online courses where you get unlimited access to over 400 recorded courses in math, writing, science, literature, and more. For more information, you can go online to HomeschoolConnections.com and your teen can receive instruction taught in the Catholic tradition. Choose the number one nursing program in the nation at the University of Mary. The University of Mary is ranked number one out of more than 2,000 nursing programs nationwide. 100% of our graduates pass their certification on the first try. And University of Mary scholarships give you your senior year free. Choose the best nursing program in the nation, University of Mary. Check us out at umary.edu slash nurses. If you have pastures, you probably have the rodents to go along with them. But before you stress over this nuisance, there's help. Western Applicating Services is a licensed and insured family-owned company specializing in prairie dog bait application and sales. They sell Verminator gopher machines and can put products for prairie dog and gopher control and will deliver right to your door. For more information, you can call 605-390-3200 or visit westernapplicating.com. Western Applicating Services, improving pastures through efficient rodent control. You're listening to a special broadcast of today's Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference and Curriculum Fair in St. Paul, Minnesota. Now, back to the show. We are live from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference in St. Paul, Minnesota at the University of St. Thomas. 
And uh, this broadcast in, is brought to you in part by Homeschooling Connections, offering live, interactive, real-time online courses and over 400, that's right, 400 recorded self-paced courses in math, writing, science, literature, and more at homeschoolingconnections.com. Check them out, homeschoolingconnections.com. We thank our underwriters for making this broadcast possible today. And we're going to visit now with Sherry Frame. Good afternoon, Sherry. Hi, Steve. How are you doing for today? having me. Yeah. Well, thank you. Glad to have you here. Sherry, tell us a little bit about yourself. Ah, I am from Minnesota, Steve, and I am just thankful to be part of this Catholic conference here. It's a wonderful event. I was invited primarily because I speak on how to homeschool high school and do so toward that vision of debt-free college. I had a vision for that for my own family, and uh, once I figured it out, I started speaking to other families, and so I've been doing that for about 10 years, and I founded the company Credits Before College specifically to help guide students and give those resources. So did you home to your school, your own, two, own, your own children, Sherry? We did. We have three children, okay. and um, so we homeschooled all the way K through 12, one year at a time, asking the Lord what would he have for our family next, and he continued to say, keep going, Sherry and Tim. Excellent. Yeah. And so your three children, did they all three go to college or what was the... They did. Mm -hmm. um, the, the sort of the pivotal, um, pivotal experience for us was actually when they were in the elementary years. Um, we felt called to do a missions assignment. And mm -hmm. so for one year, our family uh, packed up our house, put it in storage, wow. and hopped plane and off to Indonesia wow. um, with the organization Mission Aviation Fellowship. And there's an international school in Papua, Indonesia that brings in um, U.S. certified teachers, and my husband happens to be one of those. He's a public school math teacher. And so they transition in U.S. teachers for that accredited school. So for that one year, I did not homeschool Steve. Yep. That was the one year my students went to, quote, real school. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, through that process, actually, we had to candidate as a missionary candidate would. And through that process, what I learned was a lot of students who are interested in graduating college and going on the mission field are halted because they come with college debt. Yes. And a lot of our missions organizations want those students to pay off. In fact, they require their students to pay off that college debt before they can serve in the mission field. Now, I don't know what God would have for my students at that point. They were in the early elementary years. But I did know that college debt is going to close doors. So when we returned, my oldest was sixth grade. I thought I had lots of time to figure this out, and I started investigating what are the options. And we went through those traditional options, um, Steve, you know, the ones that parents all talk about. But I just didn't feel a sense of peace through any of those. So we continued through that process and came upon an option um, that allowed our kids to go to college without debt. Mm. And um, so we put that out before our kids. And yes, all three of them took advantage of those options. And um, they're all in their 20s now. My oldest just graduated from St. Thomas Law School two Saturdays ago, in fact. Um, my middle daughter graduated with her four-year degree. And my youngest, after his four years, is now in the doctorate program for physical therapy here in St. Scholastica in Minnesota. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. So it, 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 I think it's... The, the reason I go there, Sherry, is I just think it's wonderful in the homeschooling community where you know people are trying to find a way to really get these things done well. 
Um, and sometimes, you know, like, well, we have a system, so follow the system. But th that's, you know, that's the entrepreneurial spirit, I think, of, mm. I think of Catholicism, but also of the homeschooling group where we're trying to find a better way to make yeah. these things work. And, and, and there are better ways out there. And so this is a great opportunity um, really to get a good college education. But it, you don't have to be paying off $100,000, seventy dollars to $100,000 in debt that's taking those resources away from your family. Um, and so, I mean, there are a lot of families who are thinking, well, we're not even going to have our children go to college because it's so expensive. But there is a, you know, college is a great opportunity for a further education. Uh, I think in many ways, uh, you know, really the, the, the post-secondary, you know, the up, up to grade 12, Prior to that, they're not getting as much, especially not on a public school level, but even there's not as much time. There's not enough time to give them what they need, and so they need those college years, at least a couple of years, to get uh, a little more education. And so we don't want to take that away from our children because of what it costs. Exactly. You know, money is always the thing that stops. Oh, we can't do anything more because we're out of money. Okay, stop with the money. I'm yep. tired of money. <laughs> education is valuable. So let's figure out how to So let's talk about that a little more. Sherry, your, uh, you know, the, the college debt. Um, so what are some of these basic points that, that parents need to keep in mind um, in this process that you're talking about, the credits before college? What are some, let's start with the basic ideas that uh, there might be some stereotypes of, you know, college is expensive, so we're just going to walk away. Well, there's some options here. Let's talk oh, a little bit about sure. that. Yep. yep, yep. And I know that that, that can be angst for some parents. How are we going to do that? We were a single family, single income family. And when you look at the cost of college today, uh, four year at a state university, tuition fees, room and board, $88,000 is national average. So we um, really need to stop looking at the admissions strategy and talk about the exit strategy. And it's really a forward thinking family mm. that's really talking about the exit strategy. And it's not just exit from college, but it's really exit from education. And now we need to pivot to what God is calling you toward that vocational goal. What's going to be your contribution to the community? And oftentimes we do that through a vocation. So that really, in my opinion, drives the conversation. It's very limiting if we just talk about getting into college. That's where we're limiting. So let's talk about what is your contribution to your community and do you want to do that through a vocation, be an at-home mom? What are your goals? And toward that, we're going to look at college, but it is expensive. So what we're going to do is unbundle college because oftentimes we talk about college in terms of going to college as if it's a destination it's a life experience and it is and those four years on that college campus can be the best time in our lives think of it where else will they cook you um, meals that you can just show up and <laughs> hop in line and in the morning you can walk across your dorm somebody might even come clean for you for heaven's sakes and you can go to the climbing wall or you have a fully outfitted olympic-sized swimming pool it is really a great time in life but it does come at a cost and for some students who qualify for financial aid and scholarship costs are mitigated through that but for families like mine who fall into that middle income cap and scholarships maybe are not available or they're unsecured you're just not sure you need alternatives and by unbundling and thinking of education in terms of experiences and education 
in separate sentences. Experiences don't always have to happen just on a college campus. That's really an expensive way to get an experience. A lot of um, students I work with have a bigger vision than that, than the college campus experience, and are looking at life experiences. My own daughter, for example, after her four-year degree, she graduated without debt. She traveled internationally for two years. My son did internships in Washington, D.C., unpaid internships, and that led into a paid position. My other son went abroad with his sister for three months, but he also did um, part-time jobs in Wisconsin Dells. He was an adventures course guide, for example. So they are doing climbing walls, but just not necessarily on a campus. So when we think of these years of 18 to 22 and unbundle them and put education in one sentence and experience in another, we now look at education and say, how can we do that more affordably? And that's what I help parents understand, is those affordable options that are a little outside of the box. Excellent. We're coming to you live from St. Thomas, the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference. We're visiting with Sherry Frame, Steve Sponskowski here, along with Karen Gibis. And uh, Karen, you drove, what, nine, nine hours to get here? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. I only drove four, so you beat me on that one. But you're a homeschooling mom. Yes, I am. Um, and, and I'm a homeschooling dad. And it's, you know, these are, it's exciting, Sherry, to hear what you have to say here because that there's, I, I love the, the wisdom of unbundling the ideas. Um, also, there's a responsibility, I think, right? When you talk with your children, I mean, I don't know. Let's talk about this a little bit. I think there's this kind of a sense of uh, even my own children here, like, well, Dad, you know, how are you going to pay for my college? <laughs> I'm not paying for your college. <laughs> what do you think? Who said that? Yeah, who said I'm paying? But there is that kind of a sense. I think there's a sense in society that, well, parents are supposed to pay for their kids' college. Um, what do you say to that, Sherry? I mean, mm, absolutely. And, Steve, as a dad, don't you feel a burden? I don't. You don't feel a burden to do that? To pay for my children's college. No, I don't. I don't either. Okay. That is just fantastic. To be honest, I didn't either. I just run into parents who do. And Mm -hmm. and so we just sort of need to knock that back a little bit Mm -hmm. and say, we as parents don't need to do that. That's not our responsibility. And in fact, the conversation that we had with our kids is, Dad and I will pay for any college credits you earn while you're in high school. Brilliant. But the day you graduate high school, college is on you. Because there are very affordable ways to earn college credits in high school. And so our students have to want to participate. Yeah. It's, it's really a partnership. Mm-hmm. And I will be the administrative assistant and the facilitator. But you're going to have to start walking out what that adult life looks for you. What are you called to do? How does college fit into your vocation? And we're going to talk through those options and I'm going to help you answer some of those questions. But ultimately, you have to want this more than I do. And I'm going to share some of those resources with you. And my students all decided to take advantage of that opportunity. Excellent. So can you share with us some of these specific ideas and, and opportunities that people can research a little bit? Or do you have a, or a website or how they can get this information? You bet. I do. And once you enter this, you're going to find that this flows, this conversation flows really well with homeschool because we get to direct our students' education and there's some flexibility to that. First and foremost is called credit by exam. It's a test out process where students can take a test and if they pass, it's a pass-fail test, then they have demonstrated mastery 
of that material and it often will transfer into college toward their general education credits. Now the most popular test out program is called CLEP. College Level Exam Program, CLEP. And that's offered through the College Board. You might be familiar with them. They're a nonprofit organization that does the AP exams. This is really a sister program to the AP exams. Okay. And so it is available to students of any age. It's not bound by their age, so we don't have to wait for a grade level. It's available to adults <laughs> as well. It's available year-round, and these credits are accepted at 2,900 universities around the nation. That's pretty cool. It is. So that's testing out of having to take certain classes. You'll find that a lot of the uh, material students study in those first two years of college is really an overlap of a strong high school course of study. Algebra, biology, literature, sciences. So when students study at a high school level, they are really preparing themselves for that introductory level college study. So we can add a little bit prepare them for that test and they can actually use these tests as a final exam to the courses they're already studying in high school and that's how we set it up in our home school I gave my students the opportunity because there is a little bit of work in preparing for that exam I would um, counsel my students that it should take about three weeks on the back side of that high school course to infuse and be ready for that test to infuse college level learning to prepare for that test and so they had to know they had to put in a little bit extra work. But in doing so, that test is going to cost $100. Guess who's paying? <laughs> That's my contribution. Right? right? I will pay school. for any credits while you are in high school. Yep. That is my contribution. And then you sit for the test. And those tests are offered at local testing centers. And there's probably one within an hour's drive of everybody here. Um, and so that's just an opportunity for students to start banking their credits with the college board and those credits are banked for 20 years Steve Wow! wow. so when students are ready to enroll in a college they go back out to that college board website request a transcript and all of that information is transferred to the college of their choice now any receiving college gets to determine how and if they're going to award credit and so there can be a little bit of legwork on the front end for a student to make sure that those credits are transferring to a school that they're interested in attending, that's just wise. Mm-hmm. Not every college is going to accept them, but as I said, 2,900 colleges do. So CLEP is probably the most popular. DSST is another form of credit by exam. CLEP has 33 exams that overlap high school and college. DSST has 40 exams. So for us, Steve, with three kids, we just combine those and use that as a final exam to any courses we were studying in high school. But then my students went beyond that. I had them study microeconomics, for example, and they know that there's a macroeconomics test. And so they would say, is that part of my general education in college? Mm-hmm. If it is, can I do a little extra study on that course as well? Mm-hmm. So my kids were able to transfer in almost two years of college credit into that four-year program. Awesome. It's good information, folks. If you're thinking about college with your, your students and helping them work towards it, and I love the approach that I will pay for your education until you graduate. After that, it's on you. It's, a, it's an investment in their own future, and I think that's, there's a responsibility in that. So, Sherry, I, I'm guessing you're a wealth of knowledge. We could probably talk about this for hours. Where, where do parents go to get more of this information? 
Sure. Well, the two um, organizations that offer these exams share information. So you can go directly to their website, collegeboard.com, or getcollegecredit.com. It's the second organization. I can make it really easy, Steve, and you can go to my website, creditsbeforecollege.com, and there is a tab, Getting Started. And I'm going to outline how it is that a parent can get started. If they prefer things in written form, I've put this information together in a book. They can order right on my website as well. All right, there it is, creditsbeforecollege.com. We're just going to go there, then I have to name the other ones. Sherry Fram being with us, thank you for sharing that information with us. Creditsbeforecollege.com. And we're going to go to a break, but coming up next, folks, we're going to ask, we're not going to ask what we should talk about. We're going to ask Ann Belajewski about what parents are to do when their homeschooling days are almost over. So what are our students, as they get to the end of their homeschooling career, homeschooling career, that's a career. I mean, come on, school is a career. It is a career. <laughs> what should they start thinking about next? And we're going to talk to Ann Belajewski on the other side of this break. We're coming to you live from the Mena Catholic Homeschooling Education Conference here at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul. Um, This conference is still going on, so you can still stop by and pick up on some of these great speakers. Um, Sherry, are you speaking today, or did you already speak? I spoke yesterday, today. I have one more session this afternoon. When's your session at? It's at 3 o'clock. We're going to be covering developing a transcript. All right, so you can still come in and get more information. You want to hear Sherry Frame talk more about this at the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference here at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. We're going to come back. One more conversation on the other side of the break here with uh, Karen Gibis and myself on Real Presence Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're live from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference and Curriculum Fair in St. Paul, Minnesota, only on the Real Presence Radio Network. We'll be back after this short break. Real Presence Radio is now on Google Assistant devices, including Google Home, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To start this action, say something like, OK, Google, talk to Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM 970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use words like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, now on Google Assistant devices. Greatness awaits at Benedictine College. You can see the success. New academic programs like architecture, engineering, and nursing. New facilities like the Farrell Academic Center, the Asher Sports Complex, and a new STEM facility, the best of any small college in America. Add that to the many traditions, the thriving faith life, championship athletics, and a leading academic reputation, and it gives you one of the best Catholic colleges in America. Go online at benedictine.edu or come visit us at the Atchison campus. Benedictine College, where greatness begins. I think, you know, just the exposure to Catholic teaching is is of such great value, and that's what uh, Real Presence Radio does. I mean, there's people who are uh, faithful people who are telling their stories and talking about the church teaching and what it means in their lives and uh, endeavors that they're involved in. And I think with a Catholic radio station, you know, you've got it right there on your dial, and uh it's such a valuable thing. It gives you, gives the person who's listening uh, the courage. You know, there are other people out there who think like I do and who believe like I do, and maybe I should do a little bit more to evangelize. So uh, I think it's just inspirational. And, and uh, so I, that would be what I would say to somebody who's pondering uh, and making a contribution. It's, it's well worth it. 
This is Alice Wanzig from St. James Basilica in Jamestown. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. Hi, this is Jacinta Sponskowski with Town & Country Realty in Fargo. My favorite thing about being a realtor is the chance to get to know, to help, and to journey with buyers and sellers as they take this important step in their lives. I am available to assist buyers or sellers in the Fargo, Moorhead, and surrounding areas. I can be contacted at 701-388-3948. Let's pray together to St. Joseph to intercede for home buyers and sellers in all their spiritual and temporal needs. You're listening to a special broadcast of today's Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference and Curriculum Fair in St. Paul, Minnesota. Now, back to the show. I don't really take Hey folks, Steve Sponskowski here along with Karen Gibis and we're coming to you live from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference in St. Paul, Minnesota at the University of St. Thomas and we've been talking about all things homeschool and uh, this is our last segment for this live show, Karen, and we're also going to talk about now that homeschooling is almost over for some families, what should our children think about? And we're going to speak with Ann Belajewski. So, Ann, thanks for being with us this You're afternoon. Welcome. Thank you. It was super fun. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, Great. I grew up in Minneapolis. I'm a family of eight, my siblings. And I met my husband at the Catholic Youth Center a million years ago. And we've been married for almost 36 years. We have 11 children, ages 14 to almost 34. We have 17 grandchildren with number 18 soon to be born. Awesome. And we live now in, in the metro here. Okay. So. And so hey, how many years have you been to this conference? Out of the 22, probably 18 of them. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. That's a veteran right there. (laughs) (laughs) A tired mother. (laughs) That's what that is. (laughs) Are you one of the speakers, Anne? I did just give a talk, yes. And and you spoke about? I spoke about um, how moms and, well, parents, but moms particularly, all the hats that we've worn for 30 years or 20 years, what happens when those are gone? Who are we now? Mm. Where are we moving on to? Instead of just stopping something, but really praying about and looking forward to this next season of our life with joy. But there's some trepidation, too. Like, all I've known is this. And some people will go back to their careers that they had before children. Some will do something new. Some will write. Some will just rest. But there's not a right or wrong answer, but really how to pray through that. Absolutely. Kind of kind of a, a sadness of your children leaving but then also the joy of having more freedom right at the same time and not living with the guilt of not being busy 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 all the time right. <laughs> kind of letting go of some of that can that can there be a guilty feeling of so you're kind of happy that your children are moving on so you have more freedom but then you feel guilty that you're happy and you shouldn't feel happy <laughs> about that i've never struggled with that <laughs> <laughs> um, i like him i mean we're not empty nesters yet yeah but I do like the little bit of space and time that we have now. Like my husband and I have more free time together and there isn't the crazies. We're sleeping through the night most of the time. I mean, there's, there's some blessings about this stage of our life too. And our kids are doing well. They're moving on well. So it's not like I'm so sad about them moving on. I want them to move on. That, that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. You know? So no, I don't feel guilty. So our children, so I have, my wife and I have seven children and our, we have two sets of twins and our oldest twins Whoa. just turned 18 last week. Wow. And so they have one more year left at home. And uh, so we're just starting to, you know, get to that point where this conversation that you're talking about here, um, you know, what's now that for them is almost over. um, And just as they turned 18, we had the conversation of, okay, so now they're technically adults. What freedoms do we give them? And, you know, and so there's some some trepidation there. Um, 
but as our conversation happened and, and as we then had the conversation just this week with, the, with them, giving them some freedoms, I was so impressed by some of the freedoms that I gave them that within the first week, how they responded mm. and how even at home they became even more mature and more, I'm like, whoa, I should have done this two years ago, right. but they probably weren't ready for it, right? right. So, so, so let's, you know, these are some of the things we can think about, right? As, as, as their, their schooling is, is uh, coming to an end in our home, um, give us some wisdom there. For the kids or for the moms? Yes. Both? <laughs> <laughs> let's start Did with, like let's start with the moms. Yeah, he's, he's good at that. Well, the moms really need to, I think, take a period of time to rest and to restore themselves. I think a lot of women are mm-hmm. kind of burned out. And it's been a ton of work. And you not just mothering this many children, but you're homeschooling them too. That's huge. It's heroic. And I think it's okay to take a period of time to wait, to rest, to really take um, take it seriously. Because there, there's something more for you, right? You're not, we're not empty nesters quite yet. Um, I'm still raising teenagers. But I am taking more time to pray. I'm taking more time to go for long walks. My husband and I are spending more time together. So I think it's a time, it's sort of a transition couple years it'll probably kind of see it as a couple years of okay job well done keep moving forward what's next i don't want to stop being on mission as a catholic wife mother person but what is that mission next because my children are all not all the ones that are out are doing well mm-hmm. so so that's advice for mothers yes and what about advice for the children well i would say i was just talking to um them about this back at the table about how it's really important to keep building relationships so that just because you're off doing your life doesn't mean your younger siblings don't want to be in a relationship with you Mm. and the friendships that still need to continue so our oldest daughter only lived at home the summer that our youngest daughter was home so they never lived together they never shared a room (laughs) they never had to tussle as sisters and so now as a 14 year old and my daughter who's 33 has four children. I don't want her to just be the babysitter. I want her to also be the sister. Like, how can we be friends now? So helping our children transition into adulthood with friendships with each other. So we have intentional game nights as a family. No children <laughs> involved except for nursing babies, of course. But um, So we try to do other things than just holidays so that we can build friendship and build relationships. So I want my older kids, even as they're doing their own thing, to be thinking about the family and that this is still a significant relationship for them. So... I think that's beautiful. I'm the oldest in my family, and I have actually two children that are older than my youngest brother. Mm. And so we have the, the yeah, and I, I moved out before I think three of my siblings were born. Wow. And so I've had to come back and learn to build that relationship in a different way uh, than I had with the siblings that are closer in age right. to me. So I commend you for making that a part of your family. Yeah, it's really important. In fact, it was one of our sons, actually, who at the time was about 16. We came home from a family gathering on my side of the family, and he said, we are not going to do that. I said, <laughs> what are we not going to do? He said, be a holiday family. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't want to just see my siblings on holidays. So we started doing family game nights and going on vacation every other year, everybody together. And we just started taking some more initiative. So it really came from him. Mm, that's you know, great. To think that's about it. And is, is most of your family living in the area? So it makes it a little more possible. Correct. So not by our demand, but they've all chosen. They all live within five miles of each other okay. and of us. So we are really grateful. Yeah. yeah. And you had 11 children? We do have, have 11. Have we 11 still children. have 11 So you have a small town. We kind of do. <laughs> I'm from a family of 13 children. <laughs> so there'll be 13, or yeah. there'll be 36 of us come this new baby. Great, great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's a great, you know, I, I know uh, it was a number of years ago that 
my siblings who were just below me when I left home, they said, you know, when you left home, we, we were so mad at you. We hated you. Because, like, you just left, and, and I did. I left, and I went to college, and I came home maybe one weekend a month because I was busy. I was working my way through college, so I had to work, work a job. Um, but it, I, didn't, I had no idea. Hmm. You know, because you, once you, you leave home, you do your thing, and you think about, well, you know, I'm going to do my thing. And right. you don't know how that affects those at home. Yep. In and fact, I remember when our first couple girls left, and the younger kids really had a hard time with it. They were very sad. And I had to talk to the older girls. Like, look, your whole life, you got a new sibling every two years. <laughs> <laughs> their life is every two years someone's leaving their life. Mm. You know, so it's a whole different perspective for the younger half of the family. You know, mm-hmm. and, so, and, and to not look at them as little kids anymore. You know, these are teenagers, and they have a life, and they have a mind. <laughs> so to respect them as they grow up, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's wonderful that that uh, you can do that with your family. But now it changes the identity of who you are as you parent, and it changes now. Hey, I'm done with this. How do you? Can you? Do you have any practical advice for moms that are out there going? Now what? Well, I still have relationships with all my children and now my grandchildren, so that won't end. It'll just right. change. Right. And I really want to be supportive to them, but let them make their own choices as well. Like, I'm not going to tell them how to raise their children. I'm not going to tell them if they have to homeschool or not, right? So I still want to have a respect for them as young adults, but I also want to be in connected relationships. So part of our strategy is to be strategic grandparents. And we spend really quality time with our grandkids, that it isn't just birthdays, piano recitals, you know, that we just want to be involved in their lives. But for me, as the, the woman who's done all this work, my husband's awesome, but he was working. He was providing for us. Um, I need to just stop and go, okay, Lord, what do you have for me? Is there something else besides family? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I've been a birth doula for the last 15 years, but that's sort of winding down um, on, kind of my, on my initiative. So there's just changes happening, and it's hard to know sometimes. So I'm just waiting. I'm in a waiting place right now because we've chosen to send our youngest child to school. Um, It was just a hard relationship at home last year. So we just, not because she's a bad person. It was just more lonely, I think, for her with just mom at home, and it was better for her to go. So... We're coming to you live from the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference. Folks, uh, Steve Splonskowski here along with Karen Gibis, and we're visiting with Ann Belajewski. Uh, this is, uh, we've got a few minutes left before we uh, sign off for this uh, conversation. Ann, you said you've been at a number of these conferences. Um, I assume that you've received numerous gifts um, from the sense of uh, knowledge from others, wisdom from others. Um, from this conference, tell us about your years at this, these conferences, um, what, you've, what you've received. Yeah, I think I was thinking about this morning. I think the main reason women and men come to this is to see each other and mm-hmm. kind of reconnect with other homeschoolers. And the, the talks are awesome and helpful, but it's real. And then to smell curriculum. I think women, like, we just love new books. Yes. We love there the is, smell. It is it's magic. It's a beautiful it, smell. It's it like is. It's, it's not as great as a new baby smell True. or baptism True that. right after that, but it's up there. Yeah, and it's so we, and we like to touch and feel things. So, but I would say, too, the encouragement every year that we are about a work that isn't just educating the mind, that it is actually raising children for heaven. And some children are going to succeed in the world's eyes, and some are just going to live a really simple life, and that's okay. That our job, I, I think I always just feel refreshed in what my mission is as a mom, as a vocation. Hmm. You know? so, and then seeing people I haven't seen for a long time. Yeah. That's so. I love to come to this convention because I, I walk away going, oh, they're in the same trenches that I am in. And Amen. they're doing the same things I'm doing. And Amen. I'm not alone in this battle. Because yep. it is a battle. It is a battle. Every day, a battle of wills, a battle of 
yes, you must finish this. Yes, we must do this. I don't want to do it either, but we must. Right. When I think, too, it's morphed, like since we started in 1990, there's been like significant change has mm. happened. There was, we didn't have online anything. No. We had phones that had cords on the wall. Um, we had very limited curriculum choices. You know, we had very few Catholic homeschoolers. We were the ones that started co-ops. We were, you know, we were the pioneers of this, you know, for Catholics. And so I think some of that's, it's fun to watch the next generation, you know, watch our kids start to do these things and ask the same questions in a different light, you know. We didn't have podcasts. We didn't have right. I think it's great because as I was homeschooled mm. for a part of my education, and so I have a very different outlook on homeschooling than even my mom had. Because she was not homeschooled, obviously. Right. And so it gives me just a little bit different perspective that I, I treasure. Yeah. Yeah. My kids would say that, too. And I think they, they would say the fruit for them on the homeschool, being homeschooled, is their relationships with one another beyond the education piece. Exactly. But they've all done really well. They've all done PSEO, they've whatever. So... That's great. Yeah. So I have a question. Yeah. <coughs> and sometimes you know, when you come together with other groups, you see the, the great work that other people are doing, especially individuals. And sometimes there's this kind of sense of, oh, I'm not as good as they are, or they're oh. doing such a better job. So what's the, I mean, how do you, how do you avoid that trap? Mm. I just spoke about that today. Um, there's this thing I call comparisonitis. Mm. And I think it really stems from an insecurity that I'm not enough. Right. Or that I'm not doing enough. We're never going to do enough. There's no perfect school. There's no perfect no. curriculum. Even my sister, who's a public school teacher, they don't even have a music program in their school. There's no such thing. And so I think owning your own choices with joy, like uh, we chose to have a large family. Yes. You know, and I'm happy about that. That was our choice. And I, I chose to homeschool, and I'm happy about that. So I think encouraging women to own their own stuff and then to be merciful to one another. Like, maybe your kids aren't doing very well, but I still love you, and I'm supportive of you. Right. And just because my kids are all doing well that doesn't mean i'm better than you you know kids have free will too so i don't know if that answers your question but it does i think it's kind of a general self-control of you know compete against yourself but don't compete against other people right <laughs> and and to really I, today i was trying to get at what's your true identity once all these hats are gone yeah. that you are actually a daughter of the father first and that that's, that's where you get your strength yes, from exactly mm -hmm. yeah. i think no that's an, just even in marriage in general i think that's such an important point i remember a priest saying it in this homily one time, you know, your children, and even the church does this, you know, the, the, the goal of marriage is first for the sanctifi sanctification of the parents and then for the bringing of children Amen. into the world. And if you get that backwards, when the children leave, you have no identity right. as a couple. And so my wife and I work very regularly at having a weekly date. Good you job. You know, something small, because you have to. You have to. That relationship is first, and, you know, talking about the best gift I can give to my children is to love my wife. Amen. And, and so... Very true. Don't lose sight of your Sim relationship. It's simple. Yep. It's very right. simple. But but I think we get it mixed up easily. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think we've always tried to, to call it the sacrament of marriage, not the sacrament of children. Yeah. And um, my kids would even say, we knew that we were important to you, but we knew that dad was more important. Absolutely. Well, yeah. folks, we're going to wrap this up. Anne, thanks for being with us. Anne Belajeski. Thank you. Uh, Karen, thanks for making the travel here to um, St. Paul and uh, joining us. Thanks for letting me come. Absolutely. <laughs> folks, thanks for tuning in. The Minnesota Catholic Homeschool Education Conference here at the St. Paul University of St. Thomas. There's still some talks going on this afternoon. Stop by and say hi. Thanks for, for tuning in on Real Presence Live. And thank you for the opportunity, folks, to serve you. As a good Catholic homeschooling families, we are blessed to be a part of your family, and we so love to bring the Lord to your family. So keep us in your prayers, and stay tuned. We are going to turn back to 
network programming, Mass Appeal with Colin Kelly Mass is coming up next on Real Presence Live. We are your Catholic radio station. Thanks for joining us. God bless. Today's special broadcast of the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference and Curriculum Fair, live from the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota, was brought to you in part by Western Applicating Services, Homeschool Connections, Benedictine College, and Jacinta Splonskowski of Town & Country Realty. If you missed any of the past four hours, you can listen to the podcasts on our app under Podcasts and Special Events and on our website beginning Monday. Find them online at yourcatholicradiostation.com audio highlights. That's yourcatholicradiostation.com slash audio dash highlights. The Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference and Curriculum Fair. Celebrating the gift of homeschooling. Proudly sponsored by Real Presence Radio.